Welcome to the Asquith Hour, episode 17. We've made a slight change in strategy, so instead of having to hear me every day for a few minutes, it's just a couple of times a week, but for a bit longer. We'll see how that helps with my sanity and yours. This is the first instalment of what amounts to a diary of my road trip around Cuba for my last week on the island. Enjoy. This episode is going to work as follows. As this is my last week in Cuba and I'm now travelling around, I will say a few words about what I've been doing in each particular location and each day, and then we will have a musical interlude, hopefully of reasonable quality, given that it was just recorded straight off the street on my phone spontaneously as my friend Pablo and his musical colleagues were singing and playing. And it will give you a little flavour of how I'm feeling about my whole trip and the fun I'm having on these last few days and give you a little insight on real Cuban music as played by genuine artists in pure acoustic fashion. So enjoy. It's amazing how quickly a place can feel like home. I was only living in Trinidad for seven weeks but by the time we got to last weekend and I had an eye on packing my bags and leaving it was beginning already to feel like a bit of a wrench. I had made a lovely group of friends, both people living in the city and some great tourists who were staying for a few weeks, much like I was. I'd worked out all the great haunts to hang out at, including some that were able to consider me their friends rather than just their customers, and therefore were a little more flexible about me being able to sit and eat and drink with them, even during the more harsh stages of the lockdown. And my best effort to put on a Cuban accent was also beginning to pay dividends. I didn't get treated like an utter humor at every turn, so that was very flattering too. Also, I have to give props to my wonderful landlord, Reno, who really made me feel completely at home there. So it seemed fitting that on my last Saturday night in the city, Reno and I climbed up the hill that sits above the UNESCO World Heritage Site and gives a glorious sunset view all the way out and over the sea. And we invited my friend Pablo Forcade, who is a wonderful musician and also an artist, to come and play for us. And he popped up with his guitar. And what you will hear during this episode is interludes of him with various of his friends who showed up at various times to sing and busk with him. At some point he's going to make his music available digitally online, so if you like what you hear then hopefully you'll be able to support him and his work. Let's start off with that one you all already know. <laughs> Segundo, del tercero voy 
After enjoying my last city sunset, Rina and I walked down through the town in the fading light and went to my favourite restaurant, which is Italian. Yes, I know, I'm in Cuba and everything, but trust me, if you are ever in Trinidad, you must go to Sapori, where you will meet Bruno. And I'm going to try and do this segment in his voice. This is going to have everyone who's met him, I hope, in some hysterics. And if you haven't met him, sorry, but you'll see what I mean when you finally get here. Hello, Michael. It has been so fun to have you in the city for so long. And I'm hoping that you will remember me. And thank you for creating the pizza a la inglese by putting all of my favorite toppings on one pizza. I don't know why you have to do that. But anyway, good luck with your travels, and I hope I will still be here if the Cuban government has not chingando me completely. Now, having spent seven weeks in the city, and what with there only being about 20 eateries open during that time, I've tried pretty much every single place in the city. So I'll give you a whistle-stop review. More or less, if it's a state-run place, don't waste your time or money. If you want to eat really well, apart from Sapori, I would also strongly recommend La Botija. Now, normally it's a full restaurant and bar, but because of COVID, there's just the bar section open as it stands, but they've kept a short menu, and in particular, the burrito de res, oh my God, that's the beef burrito, is just quite epic, and the best Eperlande Pescado, which is a sort of crispy fish goujon that tastes a little bit like fried fish or fish and chips. For something that by local standards is fairly pricey but is just excellent quality and a really generous portion, you can't go wrong with the octopus and the lobster at Bistro Trinidad. They also do a soup that's made of malanga, which is the sort of local squash. It's really superb too. For coffee when it's not schwitzing hot, you want to sit outside at Don Pepe, 
and on a very warm day when you're looking for shade, you want to hit El Mago. At El Mago, I particularly recommend the Estrella and El Sol cold coffees. Don't be too put off by the extremely hipsterish appearance of the place and the staff. Say hi to Carlos, he's a really good bloke. The other great coffee option has no name and is a pain to find. If you head off the south east corner of Plaza Cabello and take the first turn on the left, about halfway along there's a big pair of white wooden doors and through those doors you will see a little bar counter and behind it this cute little courtyard and in that courtyard you can sit and take a decent coffee and a little homemade cake and it's adorable, it's a lovely little boudoir. Also good are the Tapas Bar Santander, Café Real for live music, decent ropa vieja and a crazy pizza with meat toppings called La Banera, which I recommend too. Ask them to do it extra crispy. Oh, and also Don Antonio does a pretty hearty dinner too, and you can sit either up on their roof, which is quite nice, or in a beautifully refurbished downstairs dining room. And it would be remiss of me not to mention La Redacción, which was closed my entire time, but then I befriended the owner and got a chance to eat some cooking at a private dinner that he put on, which was just superb, so I imagine when it's open it's probably really fun too. Shout out to Yusmani. Which leads me neatly to a song about eating. Hay quien come para vivir, hay quien vive para comer, hay quien come para vivir, hay quien vive para comer. Por ejemplo, mi vecino, mi vecinito cercano, en vez de darme la mano, se atraviesa en mi camino. Hay quien come para vivir, hay quien vive para comer, hay quien come para vivir, hay quien vive para comer. Lo que tiene no le alcanza, su hombre no tiene fin, y le roba más antín para jatarse en la panza. Hay quien come para vivir, hay quien vive para comer, hay quien come para vivir, hay quien vive para comer. Se trata de la tierra que aboras con tu sudor, se olvida de tu dolor y te declara la guerra. Hay quien come para vivir, hay quien vive para comer, hay quien come para vivir, hay quien vive para comer. Mi vecino es un cuadrero, poderoso y bravucón, pero mi revolución ya no se quita el sombrero. Hay quien come para vivir, hay quien vive para comer, hay quien come para vivir, hay quien vive para comer. Yo te aconsejo vecino, que antes de un nuevo atracón, que te acuerdes de Girón y del pueblo de Sandino. Hay quien come para vivir, hay quien vive para comer, hay quien come para vivir, hay quien vive para comer. Hay quien come para vivir. Hay quien vive para comer. Hay quien come para vivir. You rejoin me as I'm exploring the beautiful Topes de Coyantes National Park. In typical Cuban style, 
I came up here on my way out of Trinidad this morning, got to the hotel I had reserved with dinner, bed and breakfast because there's nothing else open, and they said, oh, did no one tell you? We're closed. The park is closed. You can't even visit any of the national park. It all requires you to have a ranger, and we're not working now because the whole region is in some latest form of lockdown. So that royally screwed my plans up. And I thought, well, I may as well continue over the hills to Santa Clara and sleep there for the night. And then I've broken the back of the hard part of the drive over the mountains. And I can zoom off tomorrow to the west of the island. Now, typical what my family call manny luck kicked in. And as I was driving through, I saw that there was a little cafe open. So I stopped off and chatted to the lady and had an awesome coffee made with the beans that they grow up in the valleys here. And she said, oh, there's a little trail that you can do, which is a half an hour, but you'll get a little flavor for the big trees in the beautiful countryside and so on. So I did that. And there was a little man sitting there on a chair at the beginning. And he said, oh, when you get further down the road, just keep an eye out. Maybe you'll find that there's another path. Here's roughly where you should start looking to see if you can go for a bit more of a walk. When I got to where he said there were two more guys sitting by the side of the road. And they said, oh, yeah, you can follow this road for seven kilometers all the way down to the end and we're actually going that way anyway and we'll take you and there's a whole section of the park that you can walk unaided and unguided no one's going to stop you you'll see waterfalls and caves and beautiful little ponds and so on and in fact that's what you can hear in the background so it turns out that my journey was not in vain and I had the typical manny luck and here I am enjoying the wonderful countryside and of course I am the only tourist for about 20 miles I would say that this would be a disappointment, but frankly, I'm pretty used to them changing things at the last minute here. It wouldn't be Cuba unless there was some major shift in policy that meant suddenly something was open when it wasn't or was closed when it should be open. So I've tried to take it with a grin and at least I've managed to make the most of it. Now, this is what you should pretty much expect of Cuba. It's still a very authoritarian state where people are used to the government just passing down edicts or regional governments passing down edicts at very, very late notice and you just have to abide by them. And that seems perfectly normal. People take it in their stride. And if anything, it's why I'm probably on a personal level less aggravated by the way that Israel has been treating its citizens in similar fashion because I've become pretty battle-hardened to these things over the last six or eight weeks that I've been enjoying my trip around Cuba. My overnight stop being Santa Clara, there's only one song that we can play now. Vienes quemando la brisa Con sones de primavera Para plantar la bandera Con la luz
Soroa in the west of Cuba and it's a very peaceful morning you can hear the sound of the animals all around it was quite a story to get here it was classically Cuban so <laughs> sorry <laughs> I'm cracking up because as I'm trying to record this a huge hen with an entire brood of chicks has just gone strolling right past my line of sight wow it is just so pastoral here it's wonderful so I managed to take myself on the most stunning self-guided walk for a whole afternoon. I have wonderful photos. I saw waterfalls and caves and went for a swim in this beautiful little sort of pond at the bottom of one of the waterfalls. It was just delightful. So everything was saved. And then <clears throat> I schlepped myself over the hills to Santa Clara, which is just north of Topes, which I've been to briefly before. It's famous because it's where Che Guevara is buried he has a whopping great mausoleum and it's also where he had fought his first big battle on behalf of Che and the revolutionaries there's a famous story of him commanding the storming of a fully loaded armored train um, chock full of soldiers ammunition guns and so on and this tiny group of bandits basically stormed the train and it was considered to be a sort of turning point in the revolutionary war I ended up having a lovely night there at a great little Airbnb, a lovely host, really super chap who'd done a wonderful job renewing this old building. I saw a bit of Santa Clara I didn't see the first time, a couple of nice little monuments, the highlight of which was this wonderful statue of Che holding a child. There's a whole story of Che and the child, which I'll maybe tell another time. It really bears, if you're ever in Santa Clara, a much closer inspection. So you can see this 
little statue. It's probably no more than than one to one scale. But when you come up close to it, built into the statue are these tiny little figures and they represent Che's journey. And there's this titchy little motorbike with him on it, climbing up his trouser leg. And then at some point there's, you know, Che famously camping out in some mountain. And then you see that in his pocket, there's him in a sleeping bag. And there's all these little titchy figures. It's adorable and really interesting and beautifully done. And it's to me very Cuban that, that they're very understated about these things. And then it turns out they're actually quite sort of artistic and quite creative when they want to be not entirely as Soviet as one would first think. So I left Santa Clara just before lunch. I got to what's already become my favorite little motorway service station where they do enormous tuna sandwiches shaped in a bread roll that they've made to look like a crab. The alternative is to have the ham and cheese sandwich in the bread roll that looks like a crocodile. Very cute place. And then I continued out west back towards Havana because that's where all the roads run to and from. And of course, that big yucky pain that I had on my birthday suddenly re-emerged. And I thought, wait a minute, it's on the left side. How many bloody kidney stones do I have? So I had to pull over. I felt just terrible. And I had another wonderful Cuban experience. I, I came off the motorway. I took my mask off. I was sitting in my car alone, but you're supposed to, bizarrely in Cuba to even wear a mask in your own car on your own because I just needed to get more air. And as luck would have it, as I pulled off the motorway, there was a police car right at the junction and they immediately pulled me over because I was driving at some speed because I just had to get off the road and wasn't wearing a mask. And I could barely speak and I got out of the car not wearing a mask and they were really unhappy with me. Anyway, once they realized I was a Yuma and I was just in horrible pain, they were like, okay, dude, we just don't want to get involved with you. <laughs> and they got in their car and left. But the commotion caused this guy to come out of his house where I'd stopped the car and he came to check if I was okay. Lovely guy. Ended up keeping me company for the thick end of an hour. Uh, just And he said, you know, I just think you can take some painkillers. I have spare painkillers and I didn't want to take them from him because I know it's impossible to get new ones in Cuba and I actually carry some. But he kept me company for this whole time and he said, I can just see you need to be distracted from the pain while the painkillers kick in. And he just sat and chatted to me. Just a lovely guy, the most wonderful Cuban experience. His name's Danny. He, by background, is a mathematics teacher, but of course all the schools have been closed. So like a lot of Cubans, especially in the countryside, they have a little parcel of land. And so he and his family have been getting this land to grow a bunch of fruit and veggies because food supply is so crappy right now. Super smart guy. Ended up having a wonderful conversation with him and it really did take my mind off the pain. Just a classic Cuban experience from start to finish. So now for a song with a medical reference. Desde un céntrico hospital Donde se hallaba internado Casi abonico y rodeado de De un silencio sepulcral De su ternura habitual La que siempre demostró Quizás con esfuerzo no Desde su lecho sombrío Un enfermo amigo mío Una carta me escribió Querido amigo quisiera Que al recibirla presente Que ella es bien y que la suerte Te acompañe por doquier De mi parte yo quisiera Decirte que estoy mejor Al contrario mi dolor
lo llevo en mi lecho yerno, mi cuerpo es un esqueleto que a mí mismo me da horror. La carta es para decirte que si puedes algún día ven a hacerme compañía tú, tú que tanto me quisiste. Yo estoy tan solo, tan triste que lloro sin contenerme. Ya nadie suele quererme, todos se muestran infío de tantos amigos míos. Ninguno ha venido a verme, pues hoy te doy la razón. Y veo en mi soledad que la palabra amistad no es más que una ilusión. Cuando uno está en condición, tiene amigos a granel. Pero si el destino cruel hacia el abismo nos tira, vemos que todo es mentira. Y que no hay amigo fiel. Ya con esta me despido. Y al poner punto final, recibe un abrazo real del que tanto me ha querido. Y a tu mamá que no le digo, también mi recuerdo vale. Cuánta devoción mostrale y de cariño formala, tú que la tienes cuidar. Si supieras cuánto vale. Llegó el domingo y ansioso Por aquel amigo leal Me dirigía al hospital Cabizbajo y pesaroso Me dirigí silencioso Al lugar donde creía Y al enfermo encontraría Más que allí no lo encontré Y abismado me quedé al ver su cama vacía That meant that I couldn't make it as far as Viñales in one night, but I knew there was this little village in a valley called Sora just an hour and a half before Viñales, and I picked out a cute little Airbnb, pitched up almost at the last minute, and she said, well, I've only got a little bit for supper, but, you know, I'll rustle you something up. I had the most, one of the best meals I've had in Cuba. Massive plate of, of ropa vieja, which is the sort of local stew that they make out of red meat. Beautiful homemade plantain chips. Massive bowl of potaje of frijoles, black bean stew. Really one of the most wonderful home-cooked dinners that I've had here. It was glorious. It's a really cute place. I've made friends with the dog, so you might hear some rustling in the background. That's because the dog wants to play with me. And just everything from my last 48 hours has summed up the very best and the very worst of Cuba in one go. It's been fascinating. And this is just very emblematic as a way to finish my trip. Sadly, most of Sora's tourist attractions were closed because of COVID, but I've made a mental note of the crazy Andorran castle on a hill, the beautiful looking from the outside at least orchidery at least that's what it's called in spanish and there's a little hike that one can do to go and see some waterfalls and so on cute place join me for part two which will have some more of pablo's music 
and my time in Vinales and some more closing thoughts on Cuba. Take care.